1: What is going on Colts Nation welcome back to another episode of bring the juice have to welcome on our friend Hail Mary Sports Alex my friend good to have you back on the show man how are you doing congrats on 10k the draft talk is
2: officially here now that the regular season and the postseason all that is done how are you doing man doing great thank you for the congratulations we're on the way to now 20k. Never end or just, never ever stopping. But uh, no, it's great. It's draft season. We love to talk draft. Always fun to be on the show. So of course, thank you for being me on. We have a lot to talk about.
1: Yes, sir, we do. And the Indianapolis Colts right now, Alex, uh, in the first round, fifteenth overall. So definitely not yeah. what it was last year in terms of you know a top five pick. But Colts still have a pretty good, I think, striking distance from some of those top players here in this draft. And again. You know, obviously the Colts not needing a quarterback this year, at least I don't think they do. Um, It will be interesting to talk about that. But uh, with the Colts right now, you know, they sit right there where there's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be taken probably before the 15th overall pick. And the Colts Mm -hmm. sit here potentially with a lot of guys on the board there at pick number 15. But. Alex, wanted to kind of talk about today and get your opinion because you've been studying these players. You're down at the Senior Bowl, I know. You've, you've heard a lot of these things. You've seen a lot of these things, probably yep. talked to a lot of people. You know, when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts, um, you know, there's a few positions of need that I would say the Colts probably need to address or could potentially target here in round number one. A couple that I think potentially they could target some sort of playmaker on offense, whether that's a wide receiver or a tight end potentially an edge guy or also potentially a defensive back, whether that's a quarterback or a safety. Now saying that, looking at some of the prospects who could be available for the Colts, who are some guys that you think personally would be good fits with Indy and what they like to do either on offense or defense?
2: Yeah. So obviously your best case scenario, and it's something that's happening quite a bit in mock drafts right now, is Barack Bowers somehow, some way falling his way all the way down there. He's, not even listed as a tight end on my board because I think he's literally a super weapon. So his position is just weapon. He's an amazing blocker. There are rumors that he's going to be like 230, which is a little bit concerning. But, you know, he's still really good with using his size, his strength at that size. And, you know, at the end of the day, the play on the field doesn't really care about the statistics unless it's that drastic in terms of your weight and height. But, you know, he's just unbelievably versatile. Just something that, I mean, after having Dallas Goddard, for example, I'm pretty damn sure Steichen would absolutely love having a guy like Brock Bowers.
1: Yeah, he's one guy that I would love to have personally. Like he is my, like you said, the dream scenario for Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of people would say, oh, tight end is not a need because you have a lot of tight ends that the Colts have drafted or brought in. But again, this is the thing I'm coming back to, Alex. I like what you said about that. He's not just a tight end. He is a weapon, right? And I think that's the big thing is like Chris Ballard at the end of the year, the big thing that he said on the offense was explosion. And Brock Bowers is the guy I know can give you explosion from really wherever he's listed, whether it's tight end, whether it's in the slot, whatever he does, he does Mm -hmm. it well. And so I absolutely love that. That is my dream pick for the Colts. My first mock draft, I had him going because he was available. And I was like, well, that's a no-brainer. He's available. I'm going to take him. But, yeah, sorry to interrupt you there. But uh, any more thoughts on Brock Bowers there?
2: Yeah, no. I mean, the thing I just love the most about him, he wasn't jaw-dropping as an actual receiver. He's a really good one, like a damn good one. But when we're talking about the greatest tight end of all time, didn't get, like, the greatest receiver of the tight end position of all time. Just the overarching... His overarching game is incredible. And I grade my tight ends as both a receiver, just a pure receiver, as well as a tight end. So he graded out blue chip or higher in both of those. So he's still excellent. But I think he is a little bit overblown in terms of those conversations of him being the goat as like just being someone who's unguardable. Maybe pipe down a little bit on that. But the fact is, what I love, honestly, the most about him is his blocking, but also the fact that you can just give him the ball almost like an H-back. And that's something I would love to see implemented with, I mean, how a triple option, for example, with Jonathan Taylor, Anthony Richardson, and Brock Bowers. Like, I will take that any day of the week because he can either block, he can truck, and there's just everything that you can do with him.
1: Yeah, and just how much of an upgrade he would be. I mean, it would just be absolutely incredible for the Colts to get him. Do you see a scenario, Alex, where Brock Bowers does fall to fifteen?
2: i know some people said he's not falling out of the top 10 where where do you stand on that see it's just so difficult because there's these rumors that jj mccarthy is going to be a top 10 pick which obviously would continue i there's a group of teams that would be willing to take him right i mean even at 14 the saints with now having clint kubiak there that provides at least a window for a team being very interested and you know sean payton very well might want to get himself an absolute super weapon. There's a certain point where teams will see enough value and want to move up for a player that could be deemed generational. That's what I'm concerned about. I think if everything goes perfectly, like there is an actual chance, but I think it's because we don't see the curveballs as well as maybe we've seen in the past because it's a pretty rigid top seven. We kind of already know exactly what the top seven or top eight or even top nine, even top 10, is going to be, roughly. That's why he continues to fall. Not because we don't think that he's going to go in that range, but because I think it's starting to get to a point of being too comfortable with what we have in the top 10 to where we just have him as an afterthought rather than an actual consideration
1: how much of a chance do you think it is that Brock Bowers goes within the top 10 like if you were guessing do you think he get, he stays in the top 10 or do you think he falls out of the top 10
2: i think so i believe that the jets might be a trade down target if they don't get the offensive tackle or the wide receiver that they want and i'm worried that that's the moment where brock bowers will be taken so i think it's a 70% chance he gets taken in the top 10 because there's got there's bound to be one team that wants to just move out or one team that gets ballsy enough to
0: move up. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Gotcha. Okay, so who are some other players there at
1: 15? You know, say Brock Bowers is gone in this scenario. Who sure. are some other players that you think would be good fits for Indy here? at pick yeah. number 15 with some of those positions, or even another position that we might have not even listed as a need, because we know Ballard in the past, a couple of years ago, traded up for Jonathan Taylor when the Colts yeah. had Marlon Mack. So you never yeah. know with Chris Ballard. What are some positions and some players that you are looking at here that you think would be good fits with Indy?
2: Honestly, the positions you listed are the exact positions I go after for Indy. So, defensive back, whether it's corner or whether it's corner back or corner or safety, I think those two are very likely, as well as another receiving weapon. I think if they want to stick at 15, it's going to be very difficult to find someone, unless it's Brock Bowers, that's going to be there to be. Adequate at 15, I would say trade back. If you're going to want to go after a Keon Coleman, for example, or a Brian Thomas, they're good fits, but it's just way too early in my opinion. And maybe it's a good way to get extra draft capital to where you can continue moving up and down at other parts of the draft. But I just don't think receiver is really worth it at 15 at the moment with the guys who are available. Uh, When it comes to defensive backs, this class is absolutely loaded at the top. You got guys like Nate Wiggins, and you also have like Terry and Arnold. Terry and Arnold's my number one corner in the class. A lot of people are having him pretty much be a lock to the Broncos if he gets there to 10. Some people, even like Cynthia Freeland, have him going, I believe, at five to the Chargers. There's a lot of love for Terry and Arnold out there, but there is a chance because he was a corner two. He's not six foot three with huge arms. He is good size, but not necessarily a freak. Could be there and extremely high IQ, great field awareness, tons of potential, versatility playing the slot and on the boundary, which shows that he's willing to play anywhere and being able to do that successfully is a rare trait to find. Cooper DeGene is an easy example of someone who is very talented, should go higher, but had a, had a leg fracture in November. So he will be there. And that's like my dream pick right now to the Colts, if they can trade back a little bit get at a little extra draft capital and still get someone who's talent wise, maybe a top 10 player just because you know, broken leg happens to drop guys down the board. That's someone who can play mm-hmm. on the boundary can play in the slot. And my favorite position is that safety role for him. And as the draft progresses and you see players falling, that's where I think you have the comfortability selecting either a corner or a safety, knowing that the other position is perfectly filled by Cooper DeGene. Like you will be happy with him as a boundary corner. Like it, you just will, but I think he can be a top 10 safety in the NFL year one. So mm-hmm. I'm a little bit biased, but there's also those, it's a good corner class. You can find those guys who fall. That's where I like that balance. And then of course, I already talked about Nate Wiggins and it's great guy to trade back for had a core surgery. It's why he wasn't at mobile, but one of those guys who is very freaky in terms of his movement in the, in the rear direction. So he can pretty much move as fast as someone who runs in a forward direction when he's backpedaling That's a great trait to have. I don't feel like it matches the physicality, so to speak, that Juju Brands, Jalen Jones, those guys bring to the table the way that Cooper DeGene would. But there's a billion of those in this class. I think the safety class is extremely poor, just to be blunt. Like, There's no safeties that I think would be adequate per round at the point unless you see Cam Kitchens fall. But even Cam Kitchens, he's almost second-guessing himself. And I don't know if this is the system that would maximize his talents the way a Cooper DeGene would.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and that is uh, when we've been talking about free agency. That's interesting. You said that about the safety, you know, class this year because you know the Colts do have a need at free safety this year. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with you know they they have two guys they drafted in twenty twenty two, but neither guy has really taken that role and run with it yet. Um, yeah. Now again, they still could, but again, you know, I think for me that's probably why. If I'm the Colts, I look at the the safety, you know, draft class, it's mm-hmm. poor. And I look at the safety, you know, free agency class and that's strong. And so yeah. I'd probably take more of a risk at going after more of a proven veteran there. Uh, unless, of course, you know, Cooper Dejean is there. And then yes. that makes a whole lot of sense for Indy. Um, I know there are some pass rushers here as well, Alex, that potentially could be good fits with Indy. Um, you know, it feels like there's a lot of guys, which is why it makes me think like man, there's just so many guys with how many potential quarterbacks are going in the top 10 Mm -hmm. where it's like one of these guys could be available that you're like, how in the world did they fall all the way to 15? Who are some of those guys that you look at Indy and you say, if they plug him in, he's a day one impact guy.
2: Yeah, so Jared Verse is the easy answer for that one. I mean, he's somebody who hasn't been 100% healthy. His tenure there at Florida State plays through injury, which I love about him, but someone who came from Albany and seamlessly transitioned all the way to Florida State right off the bat being an absolute animal, even destroying LSU, which is talent gap-wise unbelievably different than the talent gap he would have there at Albany. Someone who could rises up to the occasion. He has everything that you'll ever want in terms of tools should be a top 10 pick. But again, he's not falling because of his talent. He's falling because other players at other positions are deemed more valuable because of the rest of the class not being so good. Quarterback class, for example, is not very good down the board. Teams will get a little bit aggressive. And apparently, some teams already know that the 2025 draft class is not that good at the quarterback position, and they're getting nervous. I don't think that's true because most scouting departments haven't Fully even scouted this class yet, so I don't know if they're really scouting the next class. But I mean, that's what Daniel Jeremiah says. I'm not going to be the one to doubt his insane uh, ethereal logic there. But when it comes down to it, you got Jared Verse there. You got Dallas Turner potentially. I mean, at 242, that might scare some teams. He's the best talent in the class, but 242 pounds, some teams might value a little bit better frame, like Jared Verse at 260. I still love. Dallas Turner, he's my number four player in the class. He plays like he's 260, even though he's 242 pounds. I think he has room to put a lot of mass on him, and I love the versatility. Probably is why he won't be there, but still worth mentioning. Uh, Law 2 had to medically retire from Washington for a neck injury. That's concerning, but also has a little bit shorter arms, sub 33 inches, but he's extremely powerful in the upper body. Highest pass rush win rate out of the guys coming out this year at 26.2%. He is everything you'll want in terms of fluidity. I just think he needs to generate a little bit better power from his lower body, but that's something that can easily be worked on. And I think that's something that is definitely workable. My honest answer to who the, the uh, Colts should pick at 15 is another team's pick in a trade back and then just see who's there for right for the picking. Cause I feel like it's just a little bit, it's that weird awkward spot where unless you get a faller like Turner or verse, it's a great opportunity to move down, get great value, and then still get the player that's right for you.
1: Hmm. You've seen the Colts do that, you know, a lot. It feels like Chris Ballard has, he's all about those picks. So we've seen him do that for sure. Um, Are there any other players, Alex, that we didn't mention at some, you know, positions of need, but you think still, you wouldn't be shocked if Chris Ballard and company took a swing at a player, whether it's at 15 or trade down and get another guy, That could be sitting there where you're like he just might be more talented than anybody of a position of need sitting there, you know, in the first round for the Colts.
2: I was actually on um, another show earlier today, and I was talking about this. This is one of the first classes that doesn't feel extremely overvalued. There are like the top 32 guys feel solid being top 32. I don't know if there's like a necessarily super dark horse player like Braylon Trice, for example. He's someone who I really love. He held um, the record for the amount of pressures this year by, I think, 10. He had 80 pressures this year, which is ridiculous. 6'4", 274 pounds. He's known as a dark horse prospect, but he's still a top 32 player on most people's boards, top 50 pretty much on everybody's. Like That's the type of player that I think gets extremely underappreciated, might end up coming out and being an absolute freak show, could end up being if he tests well enough, which I don't think he will. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but could be one of those guys who is a massive riser. But, you know, I think that a name that could be, I know that defensive tackle with um, DeForest Buckner could be on the radar for the future. There's a guy in Leonard Taylor. He was that guy who was supposed to be the top 10 pick at defensive interior. The next Jalen Carter, great length, great explosiveness, like unbelievable pass rush win rate, misused at Miami a lot, ended up gaining some extra weight, looked a bit out of shape, but if he has a really good off season shreds down on the fat percentage gets in shape the way Jordan Davis did, even though obviously two different stories, that's a guy where he has, I think it was only like 125 reps over at three tech rather than a nose tackle. And at 300 pounds, you shouldn't be a nose tackle. He had like over 28% win rate. Like that's somebody that I think might be a big surprise where if he has a really good combine and really good interviews, you see what he could do if used correctly. And since the clock might be ticking, could be one of those moves where it's like, whoa, this is way too early, but actually ends up working out. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well, awesome. Well, Alex, really do appreciate you coming on, man, giving some insight on the Colts and their first round pick. Whether it's pick 15, whether they trade up, whether they trade back, it'll be interesting to see where the Colts end up picking and who they end up picking as well. Um, Alex, before I let you go, man, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and find your work and everything you do over there at Hail Mary Sports and all the stuff you do covering the draft?
2: Yeah, sure. Again, thanks for having me on, but you guys can go check me out, Hail Mary Sports, primarily on YouTube and Twitter. If you want to hear me talk coherently, go to YouTube Incoherently, Twitter. Both are extremely entertaining. There's a lot of other ways to get involved as well. If you guys like Wall 22 Tape Studies, I actually do that for free on my Discord Live, and you can go feel free to hop in with over 750 other people. So feel free to come hang out with me and enjoy the fruits of the labor. (laughs)
1: Absolutely, guys. Be sure to go check out his work over there. Thank you again, man. Really appreciate it. We'll have to do it soon. I know the draft's still a little bit away, but we'll have to do it when it gets a little bit closer here. But definitely thank you, man. Really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Of course. See you later. All right. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Be sure to hit that like button, hit subscribe. Go check out Hail Mary Sports as well. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much. And as always, go Colts.